You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. Seems like I'm destined to say that every time. But John, maybe I should change the uh, salutation somewhere along the way. But nonetheless, we're happy to have everybody joining us today. Uh, for uh, our listeners, our guest today is John Palatiello. His name, I'm pretty sure, will be familiar to almost anybody who's listening to the show because John's been so involved in ACSM, NSPS, um, and issues that are related to us for a really long time. And of course, is our current government affairs consultant firm. Uh, welcome, John. Thank you, Kurt. Pleasure to be with you. Good to have you on today. I, I know this is sort of a hectic week for you to be on. It's also a hectic, hectic week for me to be on. <laughs> We're coming with a week away from our conference starting um, and uh, trying to pull all those last-minute details together. So I appreciate you taking the time out to join me. Glad to be with you. This is uh, an important activity for NSPS. It certainly is, and, and one that we feel has become much stronger and more effective over the last couple, three years, and, uh, and that's in large part to, to you and your staff. And, and J.B., uh, John Bird, has been tremendous to work with, and so we all appreciate that very much. So what we're going to talk about today is, uh, as a part of our conference, and last year and this year, um, we have held what we call our Capitol Hill Day or Lobby Day, where members of our representative groups for the conference, being NSPS and MAPS, join together and go down on Capitol Hill to talk to legislators and their staffs about issues of concern. And so with that, John, maybe a a good question to ask is, why is it important for us to do this? Well, Kurt, it is uh, absolutely important uh, because it works. in my firm, uh, represents NSPS, and uh, John Bird, our registered lobbyist, does a, a really great job of wearing out shoe leather and, and representing the interests of NSPS and the surveying profession uh, in the halls of Congress. But uh, he's not a voter in Idaho or Wyoming or Kansas or New Mexico or uh, New Hampshire or, or other places across the country. And um, when our members come to town and visit their elected representative, it has a tremendous impact. I think we've all heard that um, Tip O'Neill, the the former Speaker of the House, had the um, famous quote that all politics is local. And that's certainly true. Uh, I would take it a step further and say all politics is personal. And the more that there is a personal relationship between a surveyor and his or her congressman or senator, the more effective that surveyor is in um, mobilizing that elected official to take action for or against certain legislation uh, as the profession wishes. So as effective as J.B. is on a day-to-day basis, he's not a substitute for the actual surveyor as a constituent, as a taxpayer, as an employer, as a voter uh, in a state or in a congressional district. So um, having our members go up on Capitol Hill uh, is critically important. The final thing is uh, it's your constitutional right. You know, we we seem to forget the, the First Amendment talks about freedom of speech and freedom of assembly 
and uh, freedom of religion, but the First Amendment also is a freedom to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And that's an old-fashioned way of saying lobbying, talking to your congressman, telling them what the government is doing right and what the government is doing wrong. So um, that's why it's important. I would agree wholeheartedly, and it, we're, we're hopeful that as our membership has grown um, and we we get more participants, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in terms of how many folks are signed up so far to, to, to join us in this, uh, that's, that's clearly a, a big issue, we believe. But So what what's our track record, so to speak? Uh, are we effective in, in the, these Capitol Hill Day visits? We're extraordinarily re, uh, effective, Kurt. Let me take a minute and just remind uh, our members and our listeners that when we, for the first time, brought the NSPS and MAPS members together with a unified voice on behalf of the surveying and geospatial community to Capitol Hill last year, we had four issues. Um, fully funding the 3D, uh, 3D elevation program at USGS, uh, asking Congress to include uh, legislation uh, regarding the location, the accurate location of underground utilities and pipelines, a federal land inventory, and utilization of the private sector, particularly in the surveying and mapping field. And let me take a moment and summarize what was accomplished in large measure because our members went and spoke to their members of Congress. In the appropriations bill that was passed for the current fiscal year, FY16, Congress included a $3 million increase for 3DEP. Congress also included a total of $345.9 million for floodplain mapping and studies at FEMA, and some of that money is being transferred to USGS as a contribution to 3DEP. So we significantly and positively impacted the funding for the 3DEP program. On the underground utilities, um, a bill called the Safe Pipes Act, securing America's energy future, protecting our infrastructure of pipelines and enhancing safety. It's S-2276. That has been approved by the Senate Commerce Committee, and it includes a number of provisions regarding accurate mapping and use of geospatial technology for location data. That's a direct result of NSPS members being on Capitol Hill. And in the House just last week, there were hearings on um, this issue, and the administrator of FIMSA, the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, was asked a series of questions about location data, surveying, and mapping of pipelines. On the uh, Federal Land Inventory, the FLARE Act, we now have uh, legislation, language, legislative language in two bills that have been reported out of committee in the United States Senate that provide for a more current, accurate inventory um, or cadaster, if you will, of land owned by the federal government. It's in the Energy Bill, S-2012, and it's also in a GSA Property Management Reform Bill, S-2509. And again, just last week, GSA was questioned about this in a congressional hearing. And then finally, as a result of NSPS members being on the Hill last year, 
um, the issue of greater utilization of the private sector has been manifest in legislation that's been introduced in both the House and Senate. Senator John Thune has a, a Freedom from Government Competition Bill with two co-sponsors. It's S-1116. And Congressman Jimmy Duncan of Tennessee has a companion bill, H.R. 2044, and has 22 co-sponsors. And I can tell you a number of those co-sponsors are members of Congress who were visited by NSPS and MAPS members last year. So just in a year, we've had that much impact on the four issues that uh, our members discussed uh, a year ago. Just for the sake of the audience, maybe it'd be good in fairly short order to talk about timing. I know we live in a world where everybody expects instant return and instant gratification, but these things are, are always, are typically, I won't say always, but typically fairly long-running to get to where you want to be, and, and, and maybe it might be good to chat about that just a little bit. Well, uh, you know, our, our forefathers did not uh, invent the most efficient process with regard to legislation, and that was by design. They, they, I often say it's amazing that we have as much government and as many laws as we have because it is not an easy process. Uh, certainly wasn't designed by engineers or surveyors, that's for sure. And um, so often it takes several years for a piece of legislation to to pass. It could be introduced Congress after Congress after Congress or session after session after session before it's finally passed into law. And the Flair Act, for example, on a federal land inventory is a good example of that. It's not a new issue. Um, the Government uh, Accountability Office, GAO, has identified the shortcomings of our land inventorying process in the government for over a decade and called it a high-risk activity. Um, but it takes time for Congress to uh, uh, hold hearings, investigate the issue, uh, come up with a, uh, a solution that can be agreed upon and get enough votes in the House and Senate. So it does take time. Um, but, you know, the, um, the journey of a, of a million miles begins with a single step, so you've got to start and you've got to be uh, persistent. And it seems sometimes, too, that when you have these types of issues, you have different groups who have maybe somewhat similar perspectives, and uh, it seems to me at least that sometimes activities we want to happen can get bundled, so to speak, with something that other people want to do that's of a similar nature, and so it's not always exactly the the first thing you propose uh, or, or a bill. Some, am I correct about that, that sometimes they get put together? Well, first of all, um, putting together a coalition of like-minded people is a very effective lobbying, lobbying tactic, and we do that all the time, and we've been able to garner other organizations' support and assistance uh, and endorsement on a number of the things that we work on. Uh, in the Congress, uh, I, I somewhat hesitate to say this because of our current political environment, but compromise is not a dirty word. You know, we're we're mourning the death of of Nancy Reagan and um, and and thinking a lot and seeing in the news a lot about her and former President Reagan. 
former President Reagan always used to say, if I can get 80% of what I want, I'll take it, and then I'll come back later and get the other 20%. That's compromise. It doesn't mean compromising your principles. It means, just as you say, maybe you get your issue folded into another bill, and it may not be entirely the way you would like to see it, but you move the ball down the field and you make progress, and then you come back later and you uh, you try to strengthen it, try to get more. So that's just the nature of the legislative process, whether you're talking about Congress or your state legislature or your county council or city hall. That's the way our laws are made. Very true, and we're 30 seconds out from the break, so when we come back we'll, we'll talk about what our coverage is expected to be um, on the Hill this time, and you mentioned the coalitions. I, it might be worth a, a little bit of time to talk about that because I know that's one thing. It seems to me that that you and JB have worked really hard to do to get NSPS involved in in more of these coalitions. That I think prior to to you guys coming on, we didn't have much, if any, um, development of of being included in those. So we'll go to the break, and when we come back, we can chat about that a little bit. So let's go to break. Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we went to the break, John, you were talking about the issues that we've discussed before, and and we did talk about coalitions and how getting part of what you want at one point and maybe coming back to get the rest of it is is a good a good strategy. And uh, I think you're right. It seems as though in the way conversation goes these those the, the the term compromise always seems to be a, a dirty word but but as you point out it, it's essential in many cases to get the things you want and you did mention the the coalitions and i want to find out 
as I'd said before, what our coverage looks like with the people who signed up for the Hill Day this year. But maybe we could spend just a little bit of time talking about those coalitions and the hard work that, that you guys have been doing to get NSPS more involved. Well, Kurt, it's it's great work that you and the leadership of NSPS have done, too, because there are other coalitions like uh, FIG, for example, an international coalition, if you will, that uh, NSPS has long been a very influential part of. Um, and so just as FIG can advance the interests of surveyors globally, uh, we work with a number of uh, like-minded organizations in Washington to try to advance common interests. And so NSPS is part of a number of coalitions. For example, um, for many, many years, uh, ACSM and now NSPS has been a member of COFPACE, the Council on Federal Procurement of Architect Engineer Services. And uh, I like to say that COFPACE's mission is to preserve, protect, defend, and promote the Brooks Act, qualifications-based selection uh, for the procurement of uh, professional design-related services, architecture, engineering, surveying, and mapping. And so we all work together to make sure that um, QBS is the law of the land, that it's faithfully implemented, that the regulations are correct, that the standard form 330 is an effective and useful way for firms to demonstrate their qualifications and compete for for work. So um, that's one of the most in, uh, enduring and effective coalitions in Washington for, um, gosh, over 50 years now. Um, NSPS is also part of the Business Coalition for Fair Competition, which is a group of uh, companies and associations, think tanks, and individuals who believe in the Yellow Pages test, which is if government is doing something that you can find from companies in the private sector in the Yellow Pages of the phone book, then you ought to question why government is doing it so that our government is focusing on those things that only government can do and relying on the private sector for those things that private enterprise can do. Um, we ha are in the process of building a 3DEP coalition to support the USGS 3DEP program. And um, we just had a meeting of that group last week uh, with the Assistant Secretary of Interior to talk about the status of the program and develop a strategy to make sure that that program is adequately funded and that we have uh, federal, state, and local government agencies um, all collaborating and cooperating and pooling their resources on that program. So those are just a couple of really quick examples of how we work in coalitions, uh, ally ourselves with organizations that have similar goals, and try to uh, positively affect public policy uh, on things that are important to the surveying profession. It would seem logical to me, at least, that in participating in coalitions, the broader the group of people you're dealing with the broader your reach can be because because of uh, maybe their specific interest. Some people in the coalition may have contacts with somebody who could assist in something that we're interested in and vice versa. So it would make sense to me that, that those coalitions would be um, a great opportunity to expand your reach as well. And that's exactly how they work. Um, you, you find that common interest, you speak with a unified voice, and 
everyone brings some asset or resource to the table, whether it's financial or whether it's uh, a relationship with a given lawmaker, and you um, you uh, uh, you accomplish much more uh, working together than you would if everyone was sort of in a silo and, and working individually. Well, what are we what are we looking at? So far, I know we still got a week to go, and we'll probably have some other people coming in to to participate. But what what are we looking like in terms of our our coverage this time? Well, we can always uh, bring in more people, and we can take care of them. And I'll I'll come back to that in a moment. But right now, we have uh, about 80 members of Maps and NSPS going to Capitol Hill next Wednesday, March the 16th. Uh, those individuals represent 37 of the 50 states. Um, they will represent 74 of the um, 100 senators, and they'll be visiting over 100 members of the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is I'll read you a list of where we have no one registered for the conference and going to Capitol Hill. Uh, California, Indiana, New Hampshire, Missouri, New York, West Virginia, Vermont, and Wyoming. So if anyone is within the sound of my voice and uh, you're interested in participating, particularly if you're already coming to the conference, please join us on Capitol Hill. Um, But if anyone is, is interested in joining their professional colleagues and delivering a positive message, uh, about issues that are important to the surveying profession and the clients that the profession serves, then, then join us. We we are making this as easy as possible, Kurt. We just did a, a webinar this past Wednesday. We will do one this coming Wednesday afternoon where we help train people um, on what to expect and what to do on Capitol Hill and brief them on the issues. We will be emailing and putting up on the conference website, which is www.surveyingandmapping.net, the issue papers. And you and I will talk about those issues in a few moments. We will have a training session uh, at the conference next Tuesday afternoon um, to give some last-minute tips. We put together um, a packet of information for every one of our uh, member delegations to deliver to their member of Congress. We set up all the appointments, uh, unless a state wants to do it on their own, but we will set up all the appointments. And then, for example, all of the MAPS and NSPS members from Virginia will visit the Virginia congressmen and senators together as a delegation. And as I said, we'll have a packet of information for the MAPS members to deliver to each Virginia congressman and senator that they're visiting. So we are trying to make this as easy as possible um, so that our members are, are effectively and articulately uh, providing input to Congress that they need, uh, talking about issues that affect the profession, and, um, and having some influence. And uh, speaking of the packets, I'm obviously um, NSPS members receive those packages as well, um, and I guess they're uh, let me just back up for a second. When when our groups are going together, obviously we're going to deliver one set of information for both you know right. from both of us. But if if one or the other group is only going to one state, and I don't know if that happens in any of these cases, but they would have the same information, obviously. Oh yes, we have a standard uh, packet 
It has the MAPS logo and the NSPS logo on it. It has a fact sheet about MAPS, a fact sheet about NSPS, a fact sheet about the, the geospatial community, what it is and, and what we do uh, in all the various disciplines that come under that broad umbrella of geospatial, and then issue papers on the four primary issues that um, uh, that our members will be discussing with their congressmen and senators and, and their staffs. We've got um, four minutes or so before the break, so I'm going to give you a choice. I want to talk about what the issues are, and, and I know that that's going to take a little bit of a while because we have four issues. Um, and we also want to talk about how we select the issues. So I'm not saying we have to be done with either one of those in the time frame, but I'll let you choose whether you'd rather talk about how we select before what we select. Well, why don't we do that? Because I think it'll take more than four minutes to discuss the issues, and rather than break that up, we can talk a little bit about our internal processes. Uh, first of all, we select four issues because it's our experience uh, in my firm and, and my experience as a former congressional staffer. Um, if you have an agenda that's longer than that, you're going to lose people. They're going to get confused. Uh, you're going to lose focus. So we have a packet of four issues, but even at that, Kurt, we discourage our members from going into an office with a congressman or senator um, and trying to cover even all four of those issues. Uh, we generally uh, limit it to one or two. And we we will target those issues based on what we know about that member of Congress's interests, what committees they are on, um, where our members can have the most impact. And in many instances, when when my staff is setting up these appointments, the congressional office is asking, what do these surveyors want to talk about? And so we give them a paragraph introduction to that issue. Um, and that's so that the congressional office can have the appropriate staff person from the congressman or senator's uh, staff in the meeting because they're generally the subject matter experts and the, the ones who will be advising and assisting the lawmaker on that particular issue. Uh, secondly, it's important to note that um, I believe our uh, uh, twice a year we do a very thorough report for the NSPS Government Affairs Committee and the Board of Directors on all of the issues that we address. And those reports, I believe, are on the NSPS website. So these four issues are not that, that our members will themselves bring to Capitol Hill are not the only four issues that NSPS is involved in or advocating. Um, what we do is we try to select issues where um, we can be timely and um, we can have influence. Number two, issues where there is a good chance that there will be action on them or we can influence action on them. Uh, third, those are developed by the respective uh, government affairs or legislative affairs committees of um, both MAPS and NSPS, and we, uh, we come up with an agreement on uh, how we can be the most effective. So it's a combination of of our recommendations as your consultant and the deliberations of the uh, legislative uh, committees of, of both organizations. Um, now, for example, uh, one of the things where we provide some insider intelligence uh, from the standpoint of my firm and, and JB is the timing. So this year, Congress is very committed. Whether, whether they achieve it or not, they are very committed 
to keeping a schedule on appropriations bills. Well, requests for appropriations have are 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 pretty much closed. Before so we go we into that one, John, we're we're only about fifteen seconds away, so I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of talking okay. about appropriations. So let's yep. hold off till we get back, and then we can pick up on uh, on the appropriations uh, aspect on the next section. Thanks. Very good. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As we were going to break, John, you were talking about timing. As everybody knows, timing is always everything, whether it's uh, deciding when you want to ask out that first girl you want to date or whether it's dealing with the Congress, I guess, in a way you're dating them, too. But you started to talk about the timing, and in particular, you, you were going to mention appropriations, I think. Yes. What we're going to get into is discussing uh, what are the issues that uh, our members will be discussing with uh, their members of Congress. And I started to uh, talk about one that we will not, and that is uh, any appropriations for any programs, and particularly uh, 3DEP. Um, We are still working on that issue, um, and uh, JB is doing work with a coalition of folks to uh, let the Congress know of our interest in that, but um, the, the Congress has a process and a timetable for consideration of the overall federal budget and then the appropriations bills to fund the agencies within the framework of that budget. And their goal is to um, ultimately have all of those appropriations bills passed into law, uh, passed by the House, passed by the Senate, signed by the President by October 1st, which is when the new fiscal year starts. We haven't done that in Washington in uh, probably over 20 years, and there is a real commitment this year to get it done. Because it's an election year, because the people are frustrated by the inability of Congress to get things done, because 
regular order, as they call it here in Washington, uh, has not been the um, the way Congress has done business in recent years. So the new Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, has been particularly vocal about restoring regular order and having those appropriations bills done in time. Well, in order for that to happen, they need to start writing those bills sooner than they have in past years. So um, when our members are on Capitol Hill on March 16th, it is it is probably going to be too late to put in requests for appropriations or, or appropriations for programs. So we made a conscious and strategic decision that we would not lobby for 3DEP that way this year, um, but we would focus on more program issues, reform issues, new initiatives, things where there is not an immediate need for funding, and we can get into that in a moment. But that uh, we have discussed this with USGS. They are aware. They are a partner in um, um, in this effort. Although the agencies can't lobby, uh, we are coordinating with them, and, and they're aware that we're taking a little bit of a different approach this year, so that they're not in any way uh, offended that that three DEP, for example, is not one of the issues that will be discussed next week. Well, speaking of what will be discussed next week, maybe this is a good time to begin talking about those four issues. I'd uh, be happy to. So as I indicated, these are issues that have been vetted through the respective legislative committees of MAPS and NSPS, and uh, uh, they are uh, private sector utilization uh, once again, as we did last year. A new one with regard to ocean and coastal mapping uh, in NOAA. The third is reform of the National Flood Insurance Program that's managed by FEMA. And the fourth is geospatial workforce development, and that's an important issue that has been percolating up from a number of state uh, surveyor societies over uh, recent months. And uh, if our members would go to the conference website, which is surveyingandmapping.net. You just spell out all three words, surveyingandmapping.net. There, um, there is a tab on there that, uh, that says Capitol Hill Day. And if you, if you look there, um, you will see information about our PAC breakfast. You'll see uh, information about these four issues and uh, a very brief introduction to the four issues. We're also, I mentioned before that we did a webinar last Wednesday. We're going to do one, the same one. We're going to repeat it this Wednesday. But we will post an archive of that so at at one's own time our members can go online and uh, listen to that, um, listen to that webinar. So uh, if you'd like, Kurt, I can take a moment and give a, a little thumbnail description of each of these four issues and uh, let our listeners know a little bit about what we'll be discussing on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So the private sector utilization I mentioned before, it's the, it's the Yellow Pages test to get federal agencies to use the private sector in surveying and mapping to a greater extent. Um, Interesting uh, statistic. The federal government has a total workforce in all occupations, all lines of work, everything our federal employees do, not including our men and women in military uniform and not including the Postal Service, which are treated a little differently. We have a federal workforce of about 
2 million federal employees. Of them, 1.1 million are in positions that are commercial in nature. They're the same as what people do in the private sector. And, uh, and, and there are a significant number that are in surveying and mapping. And so the actual commercial process of, of uh, data acquisition and value-added services um, are things that the government can and, and should be using uh, the great private sector of surveying and mapping to accomplish. Now, that does not mean that there is not an important role for government in our profession. Certainly, we need federal agencies deeply involved in um, standards and specifications and developing their requirements, doing coordination, administering contracts. So those are all important things for our um, our members and our colleagues in government to do. So this bill tries to seek that balance between what the government should do and what the private sector should do by having a process to look at government activities that are commercial in nature. And as I indicated, there is legislation that's in the Congress that we will be advocating in support of and getting members uh, to co-sponsor. The second issue is uh, legislation to enhance NOAA's surveying and mapping program for the coasts, ports, and harbors of our nation to facilitate economic growth and to do so in an environmentally um, uh, friendly manner. There is a project in NOAA called Digital Coast, and there's actually a Digital Coast website. And it is a way of improving coordination and supporting work with stakeholders, federal, state, local agencies, environmental groups, the private sector, to improve uh, coastal mapping and management activities. And um, this program uses standards and standardized methods for data acquisition and processing, um, sharing of data, uh, promoting best practices, and, and the actual data acquisition is done by private firms. So there is a bill called the Digital Coast Act, and it will build on the NOAA project and authorize a full program. And there is legislation already in the Senate introduced by Senators Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska called the Digital Coast Act. Now, people would say, why is a senator from Wisconsin interested in this? Well, the digital coast is the Atlantic coast, the Pacific coast, the Gulf coast, and the Great Lakes. And we sometimes forget that those are coastal areas as well. And then there will be a similar bill uh, soon to be introduced or reintroduced by Congressman Rupersberger of Maryland and Congressman Young of Alaska. There's also a hydrographic surveying bill. It's called the Hydrographic Services Improvement Act. And that is to get at the backlog of hydrographic surveys that are needed for the important uh, ports and coastlines of the country, which is where all of our trade and um, uh, import and export of products uh, primarily uh, goes. In 1998, there was an identified survey backlog of 43,000 square nautical miles that needed to be surveyed to update nautical charts. And so the original Hydrographic Services Act, uh, Hydrographic Services Improvement Act was passed, and it actually created a line item in the budget 
for the survey backlog. And uh, as of now, over 30,000 square nautical miles of that 43,000 have now been accomplished. And uh, what we're trying to do is promote the Hydrographic Services Improvement Act and, and marry the two bills, the Digital Coast Act and the Hydrographic Services Improvement Act, into one uh, comprehensive NOAA surveying and mapping bill. The third issue is reform of the flood insurance program at FEMA. Kurt, you and I were uh, honored to have been invited to participate in a roundtable a few weeks ago with a House subcommittee that's looking at reauthorization and reform of the flood insurance program. Uh, as our listeners may know, uh, the flood insurance program currently has a debt of over $24 billion, and that's claims paid from Katrina and Sandy and a number of the other um, events that we had that created uh, extraordinary flooding and damage to homes and businesses and property. The FEMA flood insurance is based on elevation data. That's why we are advocates for the 3 debt program, because before 3 debt was launched, the average elevation data from USGS for flood maps was on average 35 years old. So we need to re-survey and map the country for elevation data. Um, so we're going to be talking about reforms like uh, funding 3DEP and updating the elevation data for the country, including an inventory of structures on the flood maps, including address data on the flood map, uh, flood maps. And we will be advocating uh, in the FEMA reform legislation things that Congress can put in that bill that will improve the surveying and mapping that's the foundation for the flood insurance program and help to reform it and make it more solvent. And then okay. finally... We're, we're okay. almost to break, John, so uh, okay. before you get into the to the last one, because I know we want to cover it well, uh, I was just going to say that group that we participated in was a, a pretty diverse group of people, and it was kind of interesting to see how everybody was coalescing around the, the need for this activity. Absolutely. We had everyone from the realtors to the home builders to the insurance folks, and um, all of them, and all the members of Congress we met with, it was about a dozen members of Congress of both parties, there was universal agreement on the need for quality surveying and mapping for a successful flood insurance program. Absolutely, and we are... It's good for us that we have uh, have a representative on the on the TMAC, the uh, Technical Technical Mapping Advisory Council, um, to provide information to us on a regular basis as well. And so this is certainly something that both of our organizations are extremely interested in, and one that we'll want to make sure our our people on the Hill are able to address. So with that, we are ready for our last break. So let's go to that, and then we'll be right back. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. 
Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Our fourth issue that we've identified this year, um, and John and JB have been really helpful in this as well, is one that is discussed very broadly across the country among um, individual groups, our surveying societies, uh, the National Society of, uh, or the National Council of Engineering and Surveying. Um, Exams NCWS is very interested in this, and I think everybody is concerned about the future of the other profession. But more broadly, uh, we're talking about a geospatial workforce that's that's even broader than us. And so, tell us about what that item is going to be. Uh, so, Kurt, the, uh, you're absolutely right. And the fourth issue is uh, geospatial workforce development. And we are, as a profession, uh, broadly speaking, surveying, mapping, GIS, um, are all in the same boat. Surveyors, I think, have a particularly uh, acute and immediate issue. But but um, the issue is twofold. One is, as as is widely publicized and people are aware, the average age of a surveyor in the United States is 58 and surveyors are retiring and leaving the workforce faster than the new generation is entering the workforce. And so we may face a critical problem in our nation that will affect economic growth, home ownership, rebuilding our country's infrastructure um, if we don't have an adequate supply of surveyors and mapping professionals and we don't recruit them to enter the workforce. Well, there's a um, sort of a corollary or ancillary problem to that, and that is as our colleges and universities are looking at the retirement of professors, folks with a Ph.D. in surveying, they're facing a critical shortage. I know of two universities that recently did searches, and in both instances they had great difficulty attracting professors to come in to the programs. In most cases, the applicants 
are not American. They're from China. They're from India. They're from Russia. They're from other parts of the world. In many cases, at best, English is their second language. And so in terms of home-growing our own uh, uh PhDs and professors in surveying is a related challenge. So when our members are on on Capitol Hill next week, they are going to be talking to their congressmen and senators about a need for a partnership between government and the private sector to assure the development of the future geospatial workforce in America uh, and the recruitment of professors for our colleges and universities that um, where we can develop a strategy uh, working together between government and the profession, um, between government and our organizations, MAPS, NSPS, and perhaps others, um, to develop a strategy, to come up with a recruitment plan, to have some professionals look at how do we attract young people into this very exciting, very dynamic, very rewarding profession. Um, Because on our own, we seem to not be doing a good job of that, and we need some help, and this has implications for our nation and for the government itself. And so we think both the government and the private sector has a stake in this outcome, and we're going to propose legislation to create an opportunity for for government and the private sector to work together to help develop that future geospatial workforce of surveyors, cartographers, photogrammetrists, GIS specialists that the country is going to need. Absolutely, and and that whole educational aspect of it is is crucial as well because, as you know, we have some number of states that have degree requirements now. Many others have some level of, of educational requirements beyond high school and, and apprenticeship, or I should say internship, um, because that's what it is. It's not an apprenticeship. But I can see if we can't keep our educational systems going, and, and both you and I know that some of them struggle as it is, um, and and the part about the professors is, as you say, very critical we would hate to see our our licensing laws take a turn the other way or um, someone just say, well, you don't have enough people, then we're going to turn it over to somebody else. Or just close the program, which we've seen happen in some of our really fine surveying programs in the country, unfortunately. Yeah, and the thing that I've seen, you're aware, of course, of the Young Surveyors Initiative that's out there, and I attended a number of those, and I was in one at one in Minnesota just recently, and I was very, very impressed with, uh, there was probably about 40 people who fell into the young surveyor category of 35 or under, um, many of whom were licensed already. And so there's some really, really good people out there, well-educated, enthusiastic, um, very, very enthusiastic, I would say. So I, I hope that through our activities and through this legislation, we can meld all that together and make for a stronger profession all across the board well i've i've like you kurt um having discussed this issue with with hundreds of surveyors across the country i've developed some um, pretty strong feelings about it and uh, that young surveyors network is just extraordinary and there are some extraordinary individuals in it but they're the ones that have to talk to young people about 
entering the profession of surveying. They are much more articulate, much more credible, and they know how to speak the language to younger people better than those of us who are in our 50s or 60s. And no disrespect to the oldest generation of surveyors, but there are some things they're very good at and very strong at, but relating to the younger people probably is not at the top of that list. And so, um, you know, I think we need to talk less about Washington and Jefferson and Lincoln and talking more about uh, BIM and mobile mapping and GIS and apps and and social media and the way surveying and mapping plays into that. And, uh, you know, that's a different language. And But we need to look at this kind of issue and figure out what is the best way to recruit that next generation, and that's what this legislation we're looking at will do. I would also add, Kurt, uh, in the time that we have remaining, that's why National Surveyors Week is so important. And I hope that all of our members think about, doing a Surveyor's Week activity, publicizing the profession, but publicizing the profession today and tomorrow, not yesterday and 200 years ago. It is so critically important that we project a very forward-thinking, modern, uh, tech-savvy message about the profession. Um, I'm pleased that um, uh, the governor of, of Virginia has issued a proclamation uh, I learned today that we will be getting one from the governor of Maryland. I know a lot of other states are working on it. We have put a request into the White House to have President Obama issue a National Surveyors Week proclamation. Um, but the proclamations are less important. It is what our members do to go out and project a professional image and articulate why surveying is an important and and challenging and rewarding profession that the next generation ought to get involved in. That's really what we ought to focus National Surveyors Week on, and Surveyors Week is a great opportunity to do that. Very true. And in our last four minutes or so that we've got left, for those who don't come or can't come to Capitol Hill for our Capitol Hill Day, what can they do to help? Well, they can look at the issues that we have on that website um, that we just talked about uh, private sector utilization, uh, digital coast, FEMA flood reform, workforce development. And even if they can't come to Capitol Hill, they can certainly communicate uh, with their own member of Congress through other means. And that could be writing a letter or an email, uh, inviting a congressman or senator to their surveying firm. You know, one of the things about this profession of surveying and mapping, or geospatial as we call it today, it really is a gee whiz technology, and, and you and I both have been in in uh, visits that members have organized to bring their congressman or senator in, and what we do shows so well, and it's very impressive. And members of Congress, you know, they go through redistricting every 10 years, so they have an appreciation for what a map does. But they have no idea how a map is made or what kind of data needs to be collected or the field work or the processing or the analytics that goes into it. And so when you show them that, they are all just so favorably impressed. So hosting a meeting um, in your office and bringing your congressman or senator in is uh, is a great way of, uh, of uh, advocating for the profession. Town hall meetings that members of Congress hold are a great way to go and introduce yourself and ask a question or, or give them a, 
uh, a letter or or a, a document that MAPS or NSPS has developed uh, and say this is an issue that is of interest and concern to me. And it's I always say that building a relationship with a member of Congress is the same as building a relationship with a client. You want to be a trusted source. You want to be a resource. You want to be a person that they can go to and ask a question. And so that's what our members ought to be doing in developing relationships with their members of Congress. And finally, the other thing that our members can do is contribute to the MAPS or NSPS PAC. And we actually have a PAC uh, breakfast during the conference up on Capitol Hill before everyone goes off and does their meetings. So whether you can uh, come to the conference and go to Capitol Hill and go to the PAC breakfast or not, you can still go on the NSPS website and contribute to the PAC or if it's a MAPS member, go to the MAPS website and contribute to the PAC, because that helps us advance this agenda of good legislation for the country, good for the profession, and good for the clients that we serve. So those are just a few of the things that our members can do. Uh, we hope they come to Washington and go to Capitol Hill on March 16th, but even if they can't, there's still a role to be played by all of our members in standing up and speaking out for their chosen profession. Yeah, and I'm glad that you, you mentioned the fact that that work back at the local level is just as important and that although we do have a Capitol Hill Day or a Lobby Day, um, it's not a one-and-done kind of thing. It's it's work uh, all around, and having our people reach out at that local level is so critical to that effort, and I'm, I'm glad you brought I always that up. say, Kurt, it, it's not an event. It's a process. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, we've got about 40 seconds left, so maybe we can give one last well, last pitch for the conference coming up next week. Uh, go to www.surveyingandmapping.net. You can uh, that will show you how you can register. You'll see the issues that we're discussing. We have the program. Um, we've got some presentations. We've got a mock trial. We've got a workshop on the new ALTA standards. We have an exhibit hall. There is a lot the conference has to offer. Spend a week, learn for a lifetime. That's what the conference is all about. That's perfect, and perfect timing, too, because it's time for us to go. So thanks again, John, for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kurt. look forward to seeing everyone next week here in the Washington, D.C. area. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.